and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Returning to our study on the ancient church at Thyatira, please turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. You don't want to miss one takeaway. Every time, choose being holy. And now, with his message for this morning, our senior pastor, Robert Elliott. Praise God. Although there were believers in the church of Thyatira who gave in to sin, joined the trade guilds, were sexually immoral and idolatrous, there were believers in the church who refused to do that. They were leaders, not followers. Let's read about them. Verses 24 to 29. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces as I also have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Yes, praise God, there were believers in ancient Thyatira who did not give in, who did not choose getting by to being holy. They chose being holy over getting by. They just knew God would see them through if they chose holiness over compromise and pragmatism. Will you notice with me quickly what was true about these precious believers in Thyatira who chose being holy over being feathering one's nest the world's way. First, they did not go after so-called spiritual secrets in verse 24. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan. Have you ever noticed in college that the godless professors and textbook writers say the deepest things to know are the things that are totally contrary to God and his holiness. The secret things that really unlock fulfillment in life are heinous sins. Satan has not changed. But precious <laughs> believers in Thyatira recognize that these so-called deep things they had no interest in because these deep things were satanic. Secondly, they were told to hold on to what they had. Verse 25, nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. It's interesting to me that the Spirit of God did not write to that church, the things you don't yet have spiritually by way of insight, hold on to those. No, the Spirit of God says, that which you have, hold fast. You know, when we were a young family, and there's five years between Joanna and JD, and there were situations that sometimes we would let Joanna watch her little brother when Joanna wasn't that old. Not that we went away from the house, but in a bedroom or what have you. And uh, sometimes Joanna would come downstairs, and with her conscientious way, she'd say, Daddy, what if he does this? I don't know what I would do. What if he does that? I don't know what we do. I would do. And then I would just review with her. I'd say, Joanna, what do you know to do? Well, if he does this, I know to do that. If he does that, I know to do this. I said, perfect. That's all mommy and daddy want you to remember, to do what you already know we've told you to do. 
And when something happens that doesn't fit under that and you don't know what to do because we've never told you, then come and see us. We'll help you immediately. In tenderness, God tells that church at Thyatira with the trade guild controversy swirling to the believers who did not cave in and compromise, who did not choose getting by with their own smarts over being holy, he says, you hold to what you've got. What you do know, hold to it. Don't worry about what you don't know yet. Hold to what you do know. That's true for each of us, no matter where we are in our stages of discipleship, growing and maturing. Hold on to what you've got. But there's more. They didn't go after the so-called spiritual secrets of Satan. They were told to hold on to what they had. And third, they were to anticipate the coming kingdom. Remember when the Lord Jesus in his model prayer taught to his disciples said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is not here yet, have you noticed? God's will is not currently done on earth as it is in heaven. Currently, God's will in heaven is done thoroughly, completely, instantaneously, consistently, eternally. God's will is not done in any way, shape, or form currently on earth in those ways. So we long for a kingdom. We long for a literal thousand-year kingdom to be ushered in after the second coming event of Christ where God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came the first time as the lamb for sinners slain, Jesus meek and mild. He'll come the second time to establish his thousand-year kingdom on earth as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He'll suppress evil with an iron scepter, it says in Isaiah 11. He'll judge, instantly judge sin from David's throne in Jerusalem. I'm longing for that. And these believers in ancient Thyatira were told to look for that, expect that, look that they could have as a grace reward in the Bema judgment seat of Christ, a delegated part in Christ's rule and reign on a restored planet Earth in the millennium. And I will give authority over the nations. That's what that is. I will rule them with a rod of iron. That's Jesus. And as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, evil and opposition to Christ during that future kingdom will be shattered by Jesus. Jesus reminds them that he has been given all of his authority from the Father in verse 27. And one day, the morning star, who is Jesus Christ himself, the star that is in the night sky just before the dawn of the new day, the morning star will rise, take over earth, thousand years of righteous justice. Then the great white throne judgment, all the unredeeming dead of all the ages stand before Christ and are sentenced to the lake of fire because their names were not found written in the Lamb's book of life and their names were not found written in the Lamb's book of life because they rejected Jesus Christ while alive. That morning star is going to rise at the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ, be visible for a thousand years, then after the great white throne judgment, the morning star, Jesus Christ, will be shining brightly forever in the new heavens and the new earth. You stand with me. The takeaway from this sermon is very simple. It's this. Peck being holy every time when it's pitted against getting by. See, getting by without a faith in Jesus Christ and a scruples and a morality, see getting by that way as totally to be rejected as compared with choosing to be holy. 
Do you know how you might remind yourself of that this year? Take a dollar bill and use it as your Bible's bookmark for this next year. And every time you turn to a passage where you left off reading or whatever the case might be, and you want to mark a place in your Bible, do so with a dollar bill because it'll help remind you this, that when I mark my place with this dollar bill, the Bible supersedes the dollar bill. When I close all of God's word around that dollar bill, it trumps the dollar. And we want to allow the Spirit of God to cause us to choose to let being holy trump any temptations we have to just get by. I hope you'll do that. I hope you find a dollar bill this afternoon and put it in the Bible you use. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the negative and the positive examples in ancient Thyatira. Lord, we desire to be loyal to you and to choose holiness and faith in you to supply for our needs over cutting the corners and just getting by and sliding with what we can slide with. Lord, if we have done that, we confess it as sin and we turn from it in your strength. May we be men and women of honesty, integrity, faith. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name together. And God's saints said, amen. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas. And this morning, we want to talk about a new, exciting program that we have here at Calvary Bible Church. For many years, Calvary Bible Church has been doing Awana for over 40 years. But this year, we are going to start a new, exciting children's program called Cross Trainers. And Cross Trainers is very similar in the way of the, the aspects of what Awana had with games, um, scripture memory, just a great time, a, a, a fellowship in the Word of God. But a difference with Cross Trainers is it's going to allow families to be able to sit down together and do a quiet time or devotion together where each child on their age level can be in the same passage, looking at the same scripture that a parent can be looking at as well. And I think that this is a very um, important aspect that we need to understand as we have been looking at in Utah for the last couple of weeks, talking about how important God's word is. And we can talk about how Awana and Awana, you know, you do scripture memory. But one of the things I think that we want to see is that we want to see our kids really studying God's word for themselves, knowing what they believe. And I think that what Crosstrain is going to do is it's going to allow us to take it even further. Yes, we had council time and we're going to still have a time when the word is taught there. But it allows us to now have these kids in small groups where they can talk about the word of God. They can talk about the lessons, the questions that they may have. Before, we didn't have that opportunity as much. And I think that what we have seen is we hope that as we consider cross-trainers, as we consider, yes, we'll have fun games, as we consider that it'll be just a great time, like what we have had before in Awana, but we want it to be even greater. We want to see an impact of God's Word really penetrating these kids' lives. And I think too many times in our culture, um, we are, we're all about the quick fix, we're all about how, how can we fix things quickly. But when we consider God's word, we consider it as we think of the Christian life, it's a process. And that's what cross trainers is going to be. It's talking about a process. We need to understand that each one of us is on a different part of our Christian walk if we know Christ is our Savior. Some are at the beginning. 
Some are in the middle. Some are at the end, getting to the end of that Christian race. I think too many times as we consider cross trainer, as we consider the title, why we came up a cross trainer, because we, we understand that that is what we're all about, the cross. We understand the cross means that we have died to ourselves, that Jesus Christ came in his earth and he died for us. But we are also training and we are trying to train others to come in a relationship with Jesus Christ by the way we live, by the things that we do. And I just want to, you know, again, just stress to anyone who may be listening to this broadcast and say, well, you know, I've been doing a, we've been doing Awana for all these years. And we just want to make it very clear that we're not saying that Awana is a terrible, you know, organization or a terrible, you know, program. But we just felt that with some changes that we have seen with costs and different things that we thought it would be best to change to this cross trainer, which is actually a word life program that we, like I said, each kid will get a, a quiet time book where they will have their own scriptures to be able to study and they'll have their own books. as And, and also, like I said, we have parents where parents, if they are interested, they can come in and get a book and be able to follow along. Which is also good about this this program is this, where we have had a lot of trouble with maybe your your kid is not the best reader. Well, this helps because what it does is we will have where every kid is going to be in the same passage. If you have an older brother or sister, they can help them out because it's not like they have to study something completely different, but they're all in the same passage. And when I say the same passage, just an example of that would be if I'm on Psalms 1, well, that means my daughter's on Psalms 1. And yes, it won't be as long as what I may have to do, but they also have games and different crossword puzzles that for the kids at their age level so that they really enjoy studying God's Word. They really look at it and say, you know, I'm enjoying doing this. In fact, sometimes in my own life, as I have already started this with my daughter, I have to tell her to stop. We can't do the next day because that's for tomorrow. She's excited about wanting to do that, wanting to study God's Word, and that's what we hope to see from each one of the kids in the program, that they want to study God's Word, that they want to know God better. Like I said, this is a, a fun and exciting program. And we know that, you know, again, some of you who have been, and we, we invite you, if you have been coming to Awana for many years, continue to send your kids but we'd also like to invite those who, may ne- who don't have anything for their kids. This is on a Tuesday nights from 6 to 8, and we will be starting on September the 12th. So this upcoming Tuesday, we will be starting from 6 to 8 here at Calvary Bible Church on Collins Avenue, where we have cross trainers, a children's program to reach your kids with the gospel of Christ and to train them to serve Him. And we need to recognize that as we consider our theme verse is Philippians 3.14, and we consider how we need to look at Christ because He is the mark. He is the finish line, and we need to look straight to Him. I would challenge you, if you have any questions, please feel free to call the church office. Again, my name is Pastor Nicholas, and the number here at the church is 326-0800. I want to thank you, and I want to thank you for the opportunity to minister to your kids in advance because we look at this as a great responsibility because we don't take it for granted that every person knows Christ in this country. But we want to make sure that we have the best program that we can possibly can for Christ, because we feel like we want to do the best that we can for Him. 
So again, if you have any questions, please call Pastor Nicholas, 326-0800. And now, today's ministry spotlight. We are in the middle of a discussion between Pastor Elliot and Rhonda Darville of the Bahamas Godparent Center. We will resume from where we left off last week. We've had clients that called and said, oh, we've heard about your services. How much does it cost? And I said, well, it's free, you know. And then when we meet them, they didn't even have anything mm -hmm. to begin with. So imagine if we were trying to charge them for the services that we offer, for the material goods that we give to them. You know, they can't afford it. Yes. And so then they won't get it. Yes. Simple. That's, it's so beautiful you have that heart. And uh, I'm sure that the Lord, we can't now give God. No. Uh, he's got exactly. a bigger shovel than we do. And so exactly. probably there are clients that can't afford a donation, and they probably gladly do. And they do. And, and you know, it's, it's very... Because we're young, and I say, and I say, um, because we're young, we're two years old. But I have been in other centers in my 15 years experience where clients have been able, they've gotten on their feet, or they can be able, yes. or they're working women. I mean, I was a client at some point in my life, uh -huh. you know, some 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and so here I am being able to give back. Or they might have family members. And so they see what you've done for their family, and they in turn want to make an assistance. To and, the and that's so good. And that's be paying it forward because yes. what they would give might be helpful to the next person that's helped. That's exactly right. That's so good. Um, now I know that uh, that you and your husband Jeffrey are. Um, trusting the Lord for, for everything to do with this exciting ministry, but um, I'm just wondering if there are practical needs that uh, we could tell our listeners about, and if they were so moved by the Holy Spirit, they could get on board to help. Okay. Our biggest need right now is a building. Mm -hmm. That's our biggest need. We need a permanent base. We need a place where we can work out of unrestricted at any time. Um, right now we are housed in Telios Ministries, provided by Pastor Lee. We cannot even begin to tell you how beneficial that's been to us. Sure. But if we can have our own base, we can set up our ministry the way we need it to be set up. As it is right now, we, we can only see one client at a time. Yes. And so we can't have multiple appointments. I also have volunteers that you know, need to, I would love for them to come in on a regular basis, but because of where we are, I can only have a limit of people in there at the same time. Yes. We want to be able to house an ultrasound machine mm -hmm. with our own nurse or sonographer. So we need a space for that. Mm -hmm. um, we have a boutique where our clients can go in and shop for goods for their babies mm -hmm. or themselves free of charge. Again, we have to you know, put that in a specific place. So we need a place where we can work out of freely with no restrictions whatsoever. Also, our center right now where we're housed, it's upstairs. So imag imagine an eight-month pregnant woman coming up those stairs. That's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's worked well for now, but it is a major, major need. We, we would like to be able to do afternoon sessions. We have a group now, uh, we're going into schools. My daughter, she actually runs that program, Students for Life. Mm -hmm. We're getting the next generation ready to do the work. Wonderful. This ministry is not ours, it's no. God's. Right. And so we have to prepare the young people to 
take ownership of, of, of this, to really take over it. I don't know what God's going to call me to in however many years. So we have to have some sort of, what would you say? What is it called? Uh, succession. Yes. Succession uh, passing of the baton. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Exactly. So going back to the uh, sonogram, um, you don't have a machine as yet. We do not. You do not. We so do not. We could use money to buy one. Exactly. Or we could use someone who has one in their closet yes. <laughs> to donate it. Yes. Yes. We <laughs> most definitely. Um, um, that would be a major, major blessing. Again, you know, my husband says, well, "Babes, plug in the sonogram," and I said, like, "Okay, that's fine, but we need some place to put the sonogram." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> that's why the building is the major need, yes. and the sonogram. You know, because um, we we can have the sonogram machine, like our friends in Saint Lucia, they have a sonogram machine. I they see. didn't have a building, uh huh, and so <laughs> it still didn't really serve a purpose because they couldn't use it. Yes, you know, and so, but barring that. What we would love is an OBGYN mm -hmm. to work with us, you know, to say, hey, I believe in the work that you're doing. Yes. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Yes. Um, that's going to be major for when we do have our permanent base because we have to work under them. So that'll be a major, major assistance. That's all the time we have for today. We'll pick up from there next time, Lord willing. For more information on the Bahamas Guard Parent Center, you can phone them at 698-4306. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions, which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Today, Pastor Elliot draws from Carl Laney's excellent book, Answers to Tough Questions. This book was published back in 1997. And once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliott. I have a question based on Acts chapter 15, verse 20. But that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. This, of course, is a time in the church history, baby church's history, when a council at Jerusalem had to rule on uh, what are the basic essentials of, of faith in Christ that reflect anything uh, to do with Judaism and things that are not reflecting things in Judaism. So that was the part of the, the bottom line of that council's decision. But the question we want to focus on is this. Does this verse prohibit a Christian from receiving a blood transfusion? Again, verse 20. But that we write to them that they should abstain from things uh, contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. Again, the question is, does this verse prohibit a Christian from receiving a blood transfusion? Answer. The prohibitions in Acts chapter 15, verse 20 
are all based upon the laws and regulations given to Israel under the Old Covenant. Of course, concern to some is the command regarding blood. While the sacrificial system was functioning at the temple, the blood of animals had a special purpose. It was to be used only for the atonement. It was not to be eaten or to be used in some secular way. The prohibition of Acts chapter 15 verse 20 regarding blood was a reminder to Gentile Christians not to offend the Jewish Christians by eating meat that had not been properly drained of blood. This was a cultural issue for the first century Jewish and Gentile believers. The prohibition here has nothing to do with the medical practice of giving a blood transfusion. I have a question based on Acts chapter 22 and verse 9. And those who were with me beheld the light to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. The question is, did his companions hear God speak to Paul on the road to Damascus? Acts 9, chapter 9, verse 7 records that Paul's traveling companions, quote, stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one, end quote. However, here in Acts chapter 22, verse 9, Paul says that his companions, quote, did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me, end quote. The apparent contradiction is clarified by examining the Greek text. The Greek language makes a distinction between hearing a sound as a noise or as a message. It appears that Paul's companions heard God's voice as a sound, but not as distinct words so as to understand the message. For a similar example, see the Gospel of John chapter 12, verse 28. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.